What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm-mm-mm. And with me tonight is my co-host and consigliere, Dr. Diamond Doe. Triple D. Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at AdventuresInVideoLand. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language... But that's not really our style, so we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with clowns, cocaine, and too many onions in the sauce. Mm. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, go watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 8 Pantheon nomination number 5, Goodfellas. Nominated by Adam Kromacho, guest voter Rachel Plantiga. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Yeah. Dr. Diamond Doug, what is Pantheon? Sure, Pantheon refers to movies that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing. Best of its genre. They have that... Je ne sais quoi. I don't even know what that means. Never gets old. There are nine members of the AV Council. Every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie. They do a write-up. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons. In addition, there is a guest voter. And there is a Facebook poll that counts as another vote. So us regular people. Eleven votes in total. And each movie needs a two-thirds majority to get in, which is seven votes. Perfect. So... In our previous Pantheon, uh, uh, previous movies in this Pantheon season, we have four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just recently, we did Tropic Thunder. Eight of eleven so made it, it in. It, Tropic Thunder is Pantheon. We've done the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Nine of eleven. They uh, like their Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson is in again. <laughs> Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Eight of eleven. It is also in. And we did Hook. Wah, wah. Four uh, of eleven didn't make it in. Robin Williams still he hasn't found his vehicle yet to make it into it again. Pantheon. Maybe he'll make a new... Oh, yeah. no, he won't There'll make be, a new movie. They got it. There's oh, some more to choose from, fine, so we'll see. Fine. Well, hey, you know what? Before we get started, let's have what we like to call a little foreplay. A little foreplay. Or in Italian, as they say in Italian, a foreplay. foreplay. <laughs> so, uh, how about... Any interactions with the mafia, a or or i.e. mob you, that you have had? You're talking about personal interactions. Your with the personal interactions. Sure. You the, being from the Chi Town area. You know what? When I so I went to college in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, and there was a coffee shop down the street called Cafe Roma. Right, where you put your feet on the table. Uh, <laughs> and there was a bunch. There was always a bunch of uh, older Italian guys hanging out there, and. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I'm a you know twenty year old uh, yeah. Dutch kid Dutch guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sitting there. And I'm sitting outside, and I've got my feet up. And I actually had my feet on the on, on the, the table. Yeah. And then I had this guy walk up to me and was like, "Hey, uh, you do me a favor, get your feet off the table." <laughs> and, uh, and I put him down, and I was like, "Oh." This is a front for the mob. And then like, I, I talked to other people and there was a confirmation on that. Across the street, right across the street, there was a car dealership that my parents had bought a car from years ago, a, a Buick LeSabre. And um, they, they said, there's been some issues with the car. It was Rizzo's. That was the name. <laughs> They're like some issues with the car. Like they, you know, you check it out later. Yeah, it was stolen. It was stripped. The doors were off. This place got busted later on for being a legit front for the mob. Wow. Uh, so I like those are my kind of ancillary interactions. Do you have any uh, mob connections? I do not connections, but an interaction. So, yeah. Uh, when I uh, when I got married, I I uh, was the one of the final two to take a job. Uh, you know, I was in, in, yeah. the, in the interview process. It was down to me or this other gentleman by the name of Tom. And uh, Tommy? Got... <laughs> he went part-time. <laughs> and uh, I got the job. And then just a few months later, uh, they wanted to add another person. So they didn't even bother interviewing. They just called Tom, said, you're still available. He's like, yeah. So he came in. So I meet Tom. We're working together. I'm showing him what I know, and I'm still pretty new in the industry. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like running deliveries and setting up computers and all kinds of stuff. The place was a computer rental place, 
And you think what I'm trying to going to tell you is that the computer rental place was a front for the mob. No, it was just a normal everyday yeah. middle middle Indiana business uh, uh, at the beginning of the computer wave. In any case, uh, Tom, Tom and I became fast friends, and he was a uh, he was a uh, uh, he was Mr. Purdue a couple yeah. a couple of years in a row actually while he was an undergrad. And a bit of a bodybuilder, but same height as I am. I'm like 5'9", yeah, kind yeah. of average. Yeah, yeah. But he was a bodybuilder and just like kind of a tough guy. And he had a very a beautiful girlfriend named Terry. And Tom and Terry and my wife and I, we hung out all the time. We all started having kids. We hung out with our kids. and But then Tom and Terry decided to get married. And uh, Tom's family's all from New Jersey. So they're going to get married in New Jersey. So my wife and I fly out there. And it's still, it's nothing's clicking in my head what's yeah. going to happen. We are met. At the airport with a limousine and a, a driver and a guy in the passenger seat up front as well who looked, he had a tracksuit on and he looked like a stereotypical, <laughs> he, like the he, mob. His shoulders went up dude. to his ears. His shoulders went to his ears. I'm actually doing the motion right now. <laughs> and he's sitting, just squeezed into the seat, you know. And uh, I, again, didn't, I didn't understand why there was a limo, but we get to the rehearsal dinner I wasn't in the wedding, but I was invited to every event because Tom Battaglia and I were such yeah. good friends. Tom spelled like Battaglia, but the Battaglia family's actually apparently been in the mob on the East yeah. Coast for a very, very long time. In any case, this family, and it was it was very much like what you saw in Goodfellas in that it was like, all yeah, the women were named Mary something or other, and all the guys were this named is Peter, Peter, this is Paul, and Paul, and, and Peter, and Paul, and, Paul, and Mary, yeah. and Mary, and Mary, Mary, and Mary, Mary, Mary Beth, Mary, yeah, Mary, Mary Angeline. Anyway, I met the whole family, and we were taken to all these dinners, and it was this crazy thing, and it was the second night, and my, my wife and I were retiring to our, our hotel room, which was wonderful, and, um, she says to me, uh, I think all of Tom's family is Italian. I said, well, yeah, yeah they're all Italian. <laughs> and, and she says, no, I mean, and she pushes her nose over to one side. She says, Italian. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah. So at the wedding, last bit, uh, and this is all so stereotype, at the wedding, everybody's walking up and handed like they're in a line. There had to be sixty people in a line, each one with this it was big the thick scene envelope. From the, it was the scene, and they're all handing an envelope to the bride. She's putting it all in this big white bag, and uh, yeah, they counted it all out. And Tom told me later it was I don't know how many hundred thousands of dollars total that they were given. Shoot, it was crazy. I actually, went to a effectively a mafia yeah. wedding well so if any of our mob listeners are listening you know, peace to you oh that, peace to you peace, yeah. peace be upon you yeah, yeah. peace like we're, no, we're no for you from me no judgment from me i had just never experienced that before all right some movie facts so we're yeah. looking at goodfellas yeah here. it is rated r it's it is a crime drama genre directed by martin scorsese who if you've never heard of him before yeah. He directed Taxi Driver, which was nominated for Pantheon, Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, many, many others. Uh, screenplay by Nicholas Pleggy? Pleggy? I think it's Pleggy. Yeah, Mar and Martin Scorsese, based on a book called Wise Guys by uh, Nicholas Pleggy. Uh, produced by Erwin Winkler, who did Rocky, Raging Bull, The Right Stuff, The Irishman. Cinematography by Michael Ballhaus, who is a, a longtime Scorsese collaborator with also Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Huh. One of my little favorite little movies yeah. with uh, Steve Martin. Yeah. I, I love that Excuse movie. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom? Yes, you may. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Edited by uh, Thelma uh, Schoonmaker, who's also a longtime Scorsese collaborator. Music. There's no, there's not a, there's no music director. There's a soundtrack of yeah. music from the '70s and that time that period that follows along as they mm -hmm. go through the story. Yeah, correct. Produ produ uh, production house was Warner Brothers, distributed also by Warner Brothers. Was released September 19th, 1990, U.S. wide, and it ran a, a 146 minutes. I, I'm always uh, surprised by how long this a non-svelte 146 yes. minutes. I'm always surprised that it's essentially two and a half hours every time. It's got uh, some little-known uh, actors I mean, in there. Robert there De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Bracco, Love Paul her. Sorvino, Love and him. one Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. Who did have a bit, uh, kind of a bit part, but it was an important part because yeah. that was where the movie turned, right? Yeah. That was the transition point yeah. from uh, we're all having a good time to, uh, yeah, you all die. Uh, a synopsis, uh, the story of Henry Hill and his life in the mob, covering his relationship with his wife Karen and his mob partners, Jimmy Conway and Tommy DeVito, 
in the Italian American crime syndicate. All right, let's talk about you some could ratings. Call it a, you could say crime pays until it doesn't. Yes, and I think that's actually their tagline. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So ratings IMDb, an 8.7 of 10. Metacritic, 91 on 21 reviews with a user score of 8.7. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 96% rotten, 97% audience score. And on Google, 90% liked it. Let's talk about some Rotten Tomato reviews. Uh, go right ahead there. Sure. We'll start with CineExpress podcast uh, with Fico Cangiano. Possibly Martin Scorsese's best film, led by the electric performances of Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, and Joe Pesci. This violent tale of crime, greed, and loyalty hits you like a freight train. Fresh. Now from Variety, uh, Joseph McBride rates it as rotten, actually colorful, but dramatically unsatisfying. So there's some Metacritic reviews, uh, and what Metacritic does is they take the review and they give it a rating based on what the review contains. Mm -hmm. So Gene Siskel, Chicago Tribune's review, is rated as a 100. All of the performances are first rate. Pesci stands out, though, with his seemingly unscripted manner. Goodfellas is easily one of that year's best films. And it is not seemingly unscripted. It, 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 it is, is unscripted, unscripted yeah. at times. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, And then you have uh, Towards... The bottom of this, Pauline Cal, the New Yorker, at a seventy. There is not a lot of people who hated yeah. it at, at a thirty or twenty or anything. Being the bottom, right? Is it a great movie? I don't think so, but it's a triumphant piece of filmmaking, journalism presented with the brio of drama. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. So, uh, of the Metacritic, hoi polloi, those are commenter reviews. Uh, it's rated an eight point seven on twelve hundred and twenty reviews. 1,130 of them are positive, 30 are eh, questionable, and there are 60 negatives, uh, but 60 out of 1,220 is... Top of the pops. Top of the top pops, of the we have 10. Mm -hmm. SD Fismi. And I thought it said SD Fismi at first, but the... It's but are, you saying fis, are you saying Fismi? Are you saying Fismi or Fismi? Are you saying Fismi or Fismi? SD Fismi. Martin Scorsese at his very best. Everything about the film is perfect. Real-life gangsters have attested to the accuracy of the film. A masterpiece. Nice. OCD 6766. Now, if they were OCD, I know, that's it a would horrible not be 6766. Six, okay, we'll set that aside. Rated it as a zero. Zero. I've watched this film several times now. Now, I'm sorry. i got to pause for a second. <laughs> if it's a... You know what? I'm going to just go with it. This food tastes awful. <laughs> oh, it still tastes terrible. You yeah. know what? I should try it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> a zero. I've watched this film several times now, and each time I've grown to dislike it more and more. There are no life lessons to be learned from this movie. Viewing this film will not enrich the spirit. Rather, it will leave a dark stain. On your soul. OCD 6766. You gotta stop watching this movie. You should. And you have a great way with words. Thank you very much, sir. Stop watching. So of our uh, Adventures in Vigiland Facebook uh, community, there's uh, several comments on here, and I've grabbed a selection of them. Why don't you uh, sure. start with Mike Smith? Sure. Mike Smith says, I used to adore this movie, but I found myself being honest the last time I watched it and realized I only loved the first half. The rise and fall of Henry Hill is a great overall story arc, but once they get heavy into the cocaine trafficking, I start to lose interest. There are some memorable scenes in the second half, like the helicopter and his wife thinking she's going to get whacked when she goes to meet De Niro, but the only great line is the final one about ordering spaghetti and getting egg noodles and ketchup. Now, I would like to point out that I have eaten egg noodles and ketchup, and while uh, it's not spaghetti, it's not bad. Yeah, it, it's its own thing. It's, it's just a, not. It's not thing, spaghetti. But it's not spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Joshua McLaughlin says this is the easiest yes I could give for something yet. I'll work on a write-up asap. Brandon Folk says this movie is pretty damn near perfect. Language, Brandon Folk. Brandon If it's Falk. not perfect, the best gangster film behind The Godfather Part 1 and 2, Definition of Pantheon. I would put it between 1 and 2, but yeah. I don't, I'm not willing to argue with Brandon, but I would put yeah. it in between those two. Uh, George West said, this is one of those nominations that makes me scratch my head and wonder how the 
hell this isn't already Pantheon? That's because it's a mathematical problem, yeah, George West says that we've done, we're on season eight. They do yeah. about ten movies a yeah. year. They've got a couple side doors. So maybe a hundred movies out of all the movies possible have but been we'll reviewed. But, but we'll get there. Slowly but surely. Yeah, slowly so. but surely. And I'm, I'm convinced that uh, even, even... Uh, uh, Scorsese and Robin Williams will get into Pantheon eventually. Oh, Scorsese's in already. Yep. Next one from Movie Talking uh, MF. What Monday Friday. Monday Friday. Monday Friday. Okay. Movie Talking tired Monday to Friday. That's right. Yippee ki yay. Monday Yippie Friday. Friday. <laughs> it's one of the movies I've rewatched a gazillion times. And that is more than a million. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a lot. A factor. George Batista says whoever marked quote I haven't seen it on the poll. Just leave the group. Seriously. Come back after you got some culture. That's a little judgy, but direct, I'll allow it. Direct quote you know. after you got some culture. <clears throat> April McBoom. I know her. Says, I have yet to mention the film I think Scorsese's best piece of work and the film I think deserves Pantheon. It unfortunately isn't God Goodfellas. If any of his films should be in Pantheon, it should be The Wolf of Wall Street. And I think The Wolf of Wall Street would be an amazing nomination whenever yeah. that happens. Yeah. But, but still. And Bill Allen, the last one I have here from the AV commenters, Bill Allen says, one thing that makes it stand apart is that the characters celebrate how much they love that life. To Michael Corleone in The Godfather, it was a burden. To the characters in The Departed, it was a risk. But to the Goodfellas, it was the only way to live. For as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> right? Opening line of the film. You betcha. Let's talk about receipts. Um, Goodfellas came out September 21st, 1990. Like I said, 145 minutes by the great Mr. Scorsese. Production budget was $25 million. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of special effects, so that probably went to costuming and sound and stuff. So $25 million. Domestic gross, 46.9, and worldwide, 47. Uh, average ticket price in 1990 was $4.22. So a BSI... And BSI, what is that again? It is our patented, trademark, registered, copyrighted mm -hmm. uh, formulation to figure out how to compare movies across the years. And we do that by taking the domestic gross and dividing it by the average ticket price of that year okay. to give us a butts in seats index of how many butts were in the seats to watch this film at the theater. And doing this calculation, it gives us 11 point. One million, which, as everyone knows, everyone is knows. at least fifty percent higher than the Fight Club standard, which is seven point three million. Seven point standard million. common knowledge that Every, everybody knows. That. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. But uh, so it did pretty well uh, on the Fight Club standard, and this is also one of those movies that has been streamed and rented and purchased and such yeah. a long time. It it, it hit the uh, in the same way that some movies who did poorly at the theater and then it changed like Fight Club status. Like for example, but this one did pretty well at the theater, yeah. and then also so. All right, so <clears throat> some comparisons. Uh, why don't you give me a couple comparisons here? Casino, November 22, nineteen ninety five. Another Scorsese, Scorsese film at one hundred and seventy eight minutes. Extra half an hour on that one. Glutton for punishment. Production budget of fifty two million. <laughs> Domestic gross forty two point five million worldwide. One hundred and sixteen point one million. Mm. Average ticket price in nineteen ninety five is four dollars and thirty five cents, giving this movie a BSI of nine point eight million, a like a million and change, a little lower than yeah. uh, than the but, other. But more than two million above the Fight Club yeah. standard. Donnie Brasco. Uh, and I, I picked this one for a lot of reasons. There's this connections to the mob, there's connections to, but it's also kind of dark, right? Mm -hmm. uh, came out February 28, 1997, 127 minutes, a little two hour movie, uh, directed by Mike Newell, who did, for example, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, production budget was 35 million, domestic gross 41.9, but worldwide 124.9 million. Average ticket price in 97 was $4.59. For a BSI of 9.1 million on the same kind of uh, in the same casino. yeah, and I like the fact that you wrote Goblet O Fire. Yeah, I there. did. No, that's fine. HP and the <coughs> Goblet O Fire. Scarface, December 9, 1983, 170 minutes by Brian De Palma mm. of Mission Impossible and Black Dahlia fame. Production budget. 
25 million domestic gross 45.8 million worldwide 65.9 million mm-hmm. average ticket price in 1983 was $3.15 we've given this a bsi of 14.5 million did well did and well. also in the post market right the untouchables june 3rd 1987 119 minutes also by brian de palma uh, production budget was $25 million. Domestic gross, $76.3. Worldwide, same, $76.3. Pretty much just a U.S. movie. Average ticket price in 1987 was $3.91 with a BSI of $19.5 million. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've talked to some people who have not seen The Untouchables or didn't know it existed, but it's actually really worth a watch. It's a yeah. good movie. I, I like the fact that all of these, well, it's interesting that all of these movies have kind of fallen in this 10 to 20 million BSI range mm-hmm. where other movies that we look at that are much more public, fo- like general f- fodder right. for the public right. that end up having 25, 35, yeah. 45, right, right. 60 you yes. know, uh, million. So th- th- this is on the lower side. It's not, not as small as some art house films, right. but... The uh, this, these failures. heavy R-rated gangster yes. films are not going to be for all public consumption. Right. So, speaking of heavily R-rated gangster films, The Irishman came out November... Well, was released originally November 27th, 2019. Most people think of this as actually a, a, a pandemic movie because it mm-hmm. was released to Netflix. Directed by Scorsese, starring many of the same people that were in actually Goodfellas. Uh, production budget was 159 million. They did a whole lot of deep fake stuff in there, little CGI. Yeah. Now, domestic gross, and I've double <clears throat> asterisked this one, was eight million bucks, but worldwide 969 million dollars globally. And the reason why I double asterisk this one: eight million dollars domestic gross. They had a limited theater release to qualify yeah. for the award ceremonies and stuff, but it was actually intentionally uh, released for the Netflix streaming market. Average ticket price in 2019 was $9.16 for a BSI. And this is the lowest BSI I've ever seen. And this is the only kind of glitch to our method. Not, not. Uh, I mean, dear, dear Zachary uh, had like a 17.5,000. Yeah, oh, that's true. It was yeah, very, very it was low. very small. Again, limited theater But 900,000 BSI. 900,000 BSI, yeah. Pretty low. So, pretty, pretty, pretty low. Now, like this is one thing that we'll have to address eventually is that as with the prevalence of streaming services and how mm-hmm. movies are happening now as opposed to even just a few years ago, pre-pandemic and right. pre-collapse of some theater chains and right. stuff, is the... How are we going to look at movies? Right. And we'll have to address that sometime, but... For at least for the older movies, we've got this uh, everything pre this 2019 and before. For the most part, the BSI works. Pretty well. <clears throat> All right. So before we get into a deep dig, because that's our next little step here, uh, let's you know we have this uh, big paper sack. Oh yeah. This uh, I, I I so our our nominate our nominations. Sometimes the people who nominate they'll send us like uh like a bribe. It's a bribe. They'll it's send a bribe. A bribe. It's a bribe. <laughs> they send like, us hey, hey, this is a little something for you from the family. It's from the family. <laughs> you just, just tuck don't you know you don't no, don't worry yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's from the family. So I'm gonna pull this open here. Yeah, there's like three things in here. Uh, uh, here's one. Uh, there's one. That's for yeah, you, sir. Panettone right there. Yeah. And Dakota Kenna. The, uh, we got some pistachio cream. Ooh, yes. These are like those cookies, right? Yeah, little cookie cakes. Yeah, cookie cake. Very nice. Pistachio cream. I love it. And actually, we've got... Yeah, we've got a couple of these in here. Oh, very nice. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you, uh, Adam, for I sending this along. That. The uh, Adam. we appreciate the uh, we appreciate the gift. Yeah, uh, very much. On the, on the day of our podcast, you send us a gift. Wrong movie. All right, but no, thank you very much, Adam. And you know the, these uh, these bribes. Just so everybody knows, we don't. Other than like any Facebook member, we don't get a vote. Uh, for us, uh, is we just like talking about the movies and maybe helping people understand more about them. But uh, we do appreciate the little uh, the little gifts. So thank you very much, Adam. All right, so deep dig. Yeah. Adam's nomination. I've got uh, some <clears throat> excerpts from it. It's not the whole 500 worder. I'm assuming. 
Uh, 500 words. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thousand plus, man. Oh, all righty. No, no, no. So, yeah, but these are excerpts from it. All right. So, here we go. Uh, the nomination for Goodfellas by Adam Kromachow. First and foremost, this is my second favorite film of all time. My first nomination tried to get Scorsese into Pantheon, but my selection, Taxi Driver, was perhaps a bit too heavy. This time, I'm not going for something, quote, less deep thinking, but I'm going for something that is perhaps a little more reachable. All right. This, in my humble opinion, is the best gangster film ever made, an epic. It looks at 30 years of life in the mafia and functions as a two-part morality tale. The first half of the film explores these characters as they bask in the glory and benefits of the life they've chosen. They live above the law. They live in luxury. They can do anything and practically get away with it. They feed off corruption. The dynamic between its trio of stars is flawless. Then there is the second half of the film, that turning point. <clears throat> Spearheaded by the Billy Bats incident, we see that it's not just the law coming after these characters, but the individuals within their way of life. The second half sees these characters face their downfall. Scorsese brings out the deeper themes of this film in a loud and blatant way. This film is a masterclass in how you craft a two and a half hour gangster epic, utilizing sharp photographic techniques and swift editing to create a fast-paced, entertaining, blockbuster-style gangster drama that while at first it may seem like it's glorifying the characters, by the end, the viewer will realize the deeper lesson presented within the narrative. This film's a testament to the talent and legacy of Martin Scorsese. If any Scorsese film should be in Pantheon, it should absolutely be this one. This is also a great example on how narration can deliver an amazing performance. The way Ray Liotta narrates this film is phenomenal. When considering this film for Pantheon, look at it for the film that it is and make the right choice to finally get a Scorsese film into the Pantheon. Because if any film from him should absolutely be in there, it ought to be this one. Yeah. All right. So, let's talk <clears throat> about some uniquenesses, uniqueness and challenges of the film. I will uh, turn the floor over to you. So, the uh, one of the things that this movie has going for it, and Adam highlighted this, is that is the sweeping tale that crosses decades that gives you this look from beginning to end of this journey and uh and in while doing that scorsese also utilizes music in the soundtrack yeah. to then highlight the the vibe of of the time as they move through each of these uh these things so you get you get a you get a full lifespan uh, of the gangster and that it's just uh, and it's reinforced by uh, the the music music choices of it as well. So those are that, that's one thing that I I see as as yeah. uniqueness. I, I also like the way uh, it's not fully unique, but it was I was a surprise to me the first time I watched the movie. But the way that they jump around a little bit from times like you know the opening scene actually happens pretty close to the middle of the movie, middle of the story uh, arc. Um, so and, and they come back to it, you know, and you realize where it is. Uh, I like that. I liked. I liked, and, I, and Adam mentioned it, I like the narration component, uh, kind of just sort of being the yeah. thread throughout the entire movie that tells his story. And knowing that it was a book that I, I hadn't read the book prior, but knowing that it was a book, the, the narration to me kind of was also like uh, nodding back to, hey, we're telling this, we're retelling this story that's already out there as a true, a true yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that as well. I thought those two, those two elements really uh really gave it some interesting uniqueness the other side uh the other side of this that is kind of fun is that uh and it was mentioned elsewhere uh was oh, there it is oh did you see it two. Oh, there One, it is two. we have a couple of visitors in the yeah, studio we got today some little mices up uh, there yeah there's a two, 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 little, two, little, two little mices running around yeah uh that the godfather is this tragic tale kind of from beginning to end where that <clears throat> nobody wants to be a part of like they're part of this but they're part of a structure they don't really want to be a part of the whole time right whereas this one starts with for my whole life i've always wanted to be a gangster right and like and you show ray Liotta's uh, character wanting to be a gangster the entire time yep 
and yep. enjoying it and like so Loving it it, do, it it doesn't have the same heaviness the godfather great film but it doesn't have that same heaviness that yes. there is a lightness yes to this one yeah it ends tragically because well, i mean it's a tra- the way it was gonna go yeah anyway. like, you know you, from the very beginning did you realize where they were going yeah um so uh as far as challenges of this film that mm-hmm. scorsese from my opinion and i know others will kind of echo this is that is has a tendency to be bloated in his filmmaking where he like his films not not only are they long uh like it's not just that it's a long movie but it's just like oh there's i don't know what to cut but i feel like we should do some trimming here and there because like it's they're all just these giant sweeping right epic Things yeah. that last a lo- so long. Well, then you know, uh, another commenter had mentioned, you know, memorable scenes. The the scene with the helicopter that just kept appearing and appearing and appearing, like that just went on and on. It didn't. The story didn't move forward. Yeah. It just kept going. And I know it got you. You were supposed to feel the way he, uh, Henry felt that it was kind of like stalking him. Uh, and I'm aware he was telling the story of his day. But then there were whole sections that was just nothing's happening. He's just looking at the helicopter as he drives around or whatever. Uh, 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 that was too long. I also thought there was some scenes that didn't need to be there. Um, the one that was actually mentioned was where uh, was where uh, Karen thought she was going to get whacked. Yeah. Right. And and uh, uh, like I didn't even understand what that scene had to do with anything except uh, it made her feel suddenly unsafe. So I mean I don't know. I guess that sort of explained why she flushed the yeah. drugs because yeah. she felt unsafe but she felt unsafe anyway the cops were there right yeah so i don't know uh, yeah i agree with you I, I also think there's some other challenges to this movie in that being divided into two parts and being two completely different feels of the two sections of the movie yeah. um I, I felt a little bit like someone had edited godfather one and two together into a single movie um in that uh, I, I know people may not agree with me, but I think Godfather is head and shoulders above Godfather 2. Yeah. And I know other people think it's the other way around or they're equal or whatever. I'm aware of that. That's okay. But if you were to edit those into a single movie, you would feel that difference between them. It's almost like watching Full Metal Jacket where you're it like, and is. people think of that movie as being one part of the movie or another part of the movie. Yeah. But it's hard to think of it as being both parts of the movie because it takes it like it's... It's this just like the just this like the turn of the wheel yeah. that happens. Yeah, so. yeah. It was almost like being in boot camp in that movie was actually worse than being in Vietnam. Yeah. Right. In any case, yeah, that, that two part thing and I know that's a style I just I'd see that as a challenge. Yeah. Because it, it's not everybody's uh, cup of tea. But insights. Insights. Um, because uh, when they actually murder the guy in the trunk of the car, the the maid dude, right? They they murder him. And then they, they haul him off, and then they think he's dead, but then, like, they open the trunk, he's alive, they murder him again, essentially. They finish the job, and then bury him. That being the, that that's not only the very first scene of the movie, it's also the turning point in the storyline. And it, that he's highlighting it, the storyteller is highlighting that. At the beginning, you're like, oh, yeah, because they're gangsters, and that's what gangsters would do, is kill the guy. But he's actually saying, this is where it went bad. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, uh, Jimmy is pretending not to deal with drugs, but he is. And then you got... You yeah, got, well, like uh, uh, Paul Sorvino had said the, the, uh, that don't rat on anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't stay away from the drugs. Yeah, drugs. And then it wasn't mentioned of, like, you can't ma- mess with made men, but that was a, another rule it's that was rule. out there. But they did all three of those yes, things. Yes, they did. And it did not go well. Yeah. The... Um, no... I, one thing that we'll mention, and we'll talk about this when we do the breakdown, but it just it's worth noting, uh, Joe Pesci oh. is just, like, iconic. Yeah. He's just iconic yeah. in this role. And, like, he's such a juggernaut, a powerhouse, that it's that it's hard to look away when he's on the screen. Yeah. And then it's like, how are you alive in this world? All like this being doing. Like, you're awful. 
Yeah. Uh, but 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 everyone's just kind of laughing along at this, and it's almost this microcosm of the the dysfunction, the broader dysfunction, which is like there is this unsustainable chaotic energy that people are just laughing at and allowing, but in the end, like it's going to be destruction. Yeah. And that's like the movie as well. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, his character was essentially the reason for the downfall of everything. Yeah. He was the foundation of it, not just killing, killing bats, but also killing spider and just being so far out of control uh, that, 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 yeah, they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to make you, oh, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. He lets his guard down. They're yeah. done. Yeah. They could have just killed him. Nope. They, they had to set it up and make sure, make an example out of it. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's do some breakdowns, some standout moments. So you just talked about Joe Pesci acting and casting. I, I just like acting and casting top notch across the board. Across I can't, board. I can't point to any and i loved like, paul sorvino's character but also the guy the, the character that was his brother well and and also uh what karen uh, mm-hmm. lorraine brocco yeah. playing karen hill yeah. that um for me the one downside of godfather is that i'm not a huge fan of of, of his wife in terms of as an actress that i, I like i'm okay with it but like yeah. she's she's she still, not my favorite but she karen is great Karen is absolutely great. And you believe her when she's mad because Henry's running yeah. around with other women. You believe her when she's freaked out and, and flushing you, drugs down the when drain. She's, or when she's smitten. When she's smitten. Or when she's sitting there in front of the FBI going, you know, if I can't talk to my mother, I'm not going to do it. You know, yeah. and, and Henry's like, oh, well, if you don't do it, I'm not going to do it. No, you got to. Like that whole that yeah. whole conversation and how it in like 30 seconds looped back around to, okay, fine, we're going to do it. Like you believe it. It's not yeah. just they read the lines. They they actually felt acting, real. casting, great, top notch, yep. pantheon yep. casting, uh, uh, cast, sure. casting, I think and acting. directing and editing. Directing, yes, pantheon for me. Editing was when we talked about it. That there was, it felt like there was a lot that could have been left on the floor here. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the movie would look like without. Like you said, what do you cut? I don't know. But fun trans—you know—the transitions between scenes oh, were so all good. made sense. And it, but it, but it's a question of like, all right, should any of it? I don't know what it would be, but should right. some of it be trimmed up just to make it a tighter film? And I am not an editor nor a movie director, and yeah. so I don't know the answer. I just know my experience was yeah. it felt like this isn't done yet. I thought I thought this was shorter, <laughs> and then screenplay and story. I think the story is great. What are you going to do? The, I did finally read the book. Yeah. Uh, later, been a, a couple of years ago, after I'd seen the movie several times, and the book was better than the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's not always the case. Like when I was a kid, I read the book E.T., uh, which I think was actually based on the movie <clears throat> script and not the other way around. Except the book had them with uh, uh, M and M's, not Reese's pieces, yeah. and I think that was the original story. But anyway, uh, and the book was not better than the movie. Yeah. In this case, I felt like the book was better. My only, my only little qualm with the story is not like, it, and it, I'm not saying it should be changed. It's just that it ends with a real, like it's not a bang but a whimper. Yeah, it like kind of just it, trails off, and it just kind of ends. Yeah, yeah like it just it, trails and, off. But that's the vibe of what they're going for. Is but that like I, I've read it on everyone, so I'm in purgatory. Yeah, now. and that's the thing. His life was like boom, bang, wing, bong, zing, zang, and, and then murders, eating, murders. Now running and drugs and money I'm and money and now spaghetti it's just that's egg noodles and ketchup. Egg noodles and ketchup. Yeah. Uh, uh, the score it was all trendy music from when I was a kid, basically. Well, even before I was born, but also. From when I was a kid, all through the '70s and early into the early '80s, and and uh, that was all. You know, I liked it. I liked the music quite a bit. Uh, I don't recall a ton of special effects and notables. Obviously, the murders and the beatings and those things were all done with special effects. I get that. Yeah. But there wasn't a ton of things. Not like, for example, the Irishman, where they're like full on deep faking. Uh, yeah. You know, characters as being 20, 30, 40 years younger than they really were. The. Uh, um... And uh, just so that don't glide past it uh, too too much for me is that cinematography was great mm. in terms of like everything was. I apologize. Everything like it, it you were in the movie. You yeah. were in the place. You were yeah. like this. The locations were shot yeah. well. The, the houses uh, were what you would yeah, expect. Yeah. Uh, that now different from the Godfather. In the Godfather, you believed you were in the places. These were wonderful, gigantic, yeah. massive homes and all this. 
But this movie was more like, yeah, and this is what the real mafia would live like. Yeah. Like, just regular people, you know, in, like, normal homes in a slightly upscale neighborhood. Not like a palatial mansion, right? Yeah. Even so. Uh, and I apologize, I did miss cinematography. Uh, as far as notables, sure. that I would throw in that the effective use of narration as a notable. I agree. That, you know, that was... like, it, like it's not a special effect or anything, but it is a notable feature of the film mm-hmm. that, like... It uses narration, and it uses it well to move things forward. And those occasional freeze-frames transitions from a scene that you see, how it freezes, and then the narration, and then they move to a new scene right afterwards. It's it's good. It's it's done very well, I believe. So how about the X Factor? Like, this is your... This is the big thing that, like, if a movie's really close, the X Factor can push it over the edge, Mm -hmm. right? Is there an X Factor for you in this movie? So, this movie has... A definite coolness fact, like it's 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 got a vibe, a coolness vibe, mm. where it's like these aren't good people, they're not doing good things, they're good but, fellas, but they're good fellas, you know, like but I can't look away. Yeah, this is like it's a party, you yeah. know, and I'm you're kind of chuckling. I'm kind of chuckling sitting on the outside of this right. uh, this this train wreck in, in that's just you know barreling down, ready to ready to fall off the tracks, but there is something like cool about that and also it is it, it, it is a gangster film for another generation mm-hmm. you know post godfather one and two mm-hmm. then like it is it, more of a modern gangster yeah, film not a 40s yeah, and 50s the, gangster yeah. film and even and even uh scarface you know that was a 50 late 50s into the 60s and early 70s this one is like one entire generation shifted forward right yeah so yeah, the X factor for you. Uh, you know, the X factor for me is that when I first saw this movie, it just sucked me completely in, hundred yeah. percent. It was completely unexpected. I did not know uh, what was coming, and uh, I saw some things uh, in the movie, the cutscenes, the the storytelling style of not going just from beginning of the art to the end, the narration that I had never noticed in other movies before, uh, or or maybe didn't enjoy. Um, and in this one I really did and so for me the X Factor is not as much a nostalgia but as like this is one of those one of the first movies I saw that I thought to myself like this is I I was thinking to myself how this movie was put together as opposed to just experiencing the movie like not just experiencing the story so uh, that X Factor for me is that, that this one is a touchstone for me of like seeing how movies are done because we looked at Taxi Driver mm. last year, mm-hmm. and we're looking at this now, and they both have kind of follow a central character mm-hmm. that is kind of falling down. Yeah, um, that they're both Scorsese. They both have a vibe. They both uh, like uh, are, are they both are on this crime side of things. How how do you how do you see that them ranking up or comparing to each other it, like? one better than another the well, things that you liked about this that you didn't yeah. like about the other you know in in taxi driver you know one of the main characters was the city yeah right and in this movie i can't even tell you what city they were in uh that's not a that's not a, a criticism or or a better one's better than the other but scorsese intentionally made the city one of the characters in taxi driver yeah. the garbage on the streets the the way the city was organized and, and the way he drove around and where he picked selected where he was going to pick yeah. up brides and so on and so forth. And in this one, the city was a backdrop and the main element of this was not even necessarily Henry Hill. It was the organization yeah. and how they all pitched in. They were all a part of it. They were a community together, even when they were in prison together. Uh, and and then and then, uh, but it was only when they turned their back on what the rules of the organization that they got screwed over, right? For Taxi Driver, it was when he turned his back on the rules of the city yeah. that his life kind of got screwed over, right? So, I don't know. I felt this was more real than that. This had more touch points to to connect with personally. Yeah, in ways that I thought I actually could connect to, right? Not yeah. that I would ever find myself in that position. I wouldn't, but that's not the point. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. So let's talk awards. Uh, this movie won one Oscar, 44 wins, and 38 nominations. Joe Pesci for Best Supporting Actor against Andy Garcia in Godfather 3 and Al Pacino in Dick Tracy. Yeah. Yeah, which I forgot he was even in that. That's hilarious. 
But uh, yeah, so uh, Joe Pesci, uh, like you said, he it's not just his character in the movie was a juggernaut, he was a juggernaut. Yeah. And I imagine uh, that, in my mind, a lot of the laughing and the stuff you saw in those scenes wasn't acting at all. They were just reacting to what, real life yeah. reacting to what Pesci was doing in the scene, in the, in the whatever they were filming or... Or, or even that might have been B-roll for all. Yeah, I know. and he was a supporting actor, except. It, but if I'm going to talk about like scenes from the movie, it's like the uh, "Am I a Clown?" Yeah, that the, the shooting of the kid, yeah. the the the, Twice. The, the, the 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 stabbing of the Billy Bats and the yeah. ba- digging up the body, the, T- like taking out, uh, uh, taking out, uh, yeah, uh, 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 shoot, uh, shoes. No, what was his name? Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson's character. Boots? Sco- Scoots. What was his Scoots? name? I don't remember anymore. Yeah. But taking him out and the way he did that, all that kind of stuff. All right, let's talk some trivia here. Sure. Robert De Niro wanted to use real money for the scene where Jimmy hands out money because he didn't like the way fake money felt in his hands. The prop master gave De Niro $5,000 of his <laughs> own money, and at the end of the take, nobody was allowed to leave until the set until all the money was returned and counted. <laughs> According to the author of the story, Nicholas Pelleggi, some mobsters were hired as extras to lend authenticity to scenes. The mobsters gave Warner Brothers fake social security numbers, and no one knows how they actually received their paycheck. So the How Am I Funny scene is based on something that actually happened to Joe Pesci while working in a restaurant. A young Pesci apparently told a mobster that he was funny, a compliment that was met with less than enthusiastic response. (laughs) Pesci relayed the anecdote to Scorsese, who decided to include it in the film. Scorsese didn't include the scene in the shooting script so that Pesci and Ray Ray Liotta's interactions would elicit genuinely surprised reactions from the supporting cast. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Pacino was offered the role of Jimmy Conway. Uh, He turned it down due to fears of typecasting. The same year, Pacino ended up playing an even more stereotyped gangster, Big Boy Caprice, in Dick Tracy. He admits regretting the decision. So the F-bomb and its derivatives are used 321 times, an average of 2.4 per minute, (laughs) 2.04 per minute. Joe Pesci says about half of them. That's true. The script called for the word to be used 70 times. He used it 321, but much of the dialogue was improvised during the shooting. At the time of the film's release, it had the most profanity of any movie in history. As of 2020, it's number 15, The Wolf of Wall Street, Mm -hmm. is number three, also directed by Scorsese. And I would not be surprised if The uh, Wolf made its way down Wall Street to a Pantheon nomination in the future. The MPAA ordered 10 frames of blood removed from the film before granting it an R rating. You can drop the F-bomb 321 yeah. times, but those extra 10 frames those, of blood... That's a little too bloody. A little too, too bloody. A little too bloody. too bloody. Martin Scorsese wanted to use Frank Sinatra's version of My Way at the end, but Sinatra would not allow Scorsese to acquire the rights to his version of the song, so they had to use Sid Vicious instead. And I love the use of that song at the very end. It actually fits yeah. very well. All right, so votes. We've got some votes in already. Uh, Adam, uh, yes, obviously. Uh, Brad, uh, Brad McBoom, uh, he has voted yes. Uh, April, what did April vote? No. Oh, and and Matthew? Matthew. No. Oh. How about uh, Kyle? No. Oh, how so about Jeremy? He said yes. Oh, so we have three yeses from the council. And three no's from the council. Now, just a little quick math. There's 11 votes. And a Facebook vote. Yeah, that's true. in there. There's, so a, there's, a, there's, there's a four yeses yes, currently. And there's four, and there's three no's. So you can uh, you there's, can have four no's and still get into Pantheon, but not five. No, so of the four voters that are left. That's Ryan, Marshall, Nathan, and our guest voter, Rachel. Three of them have to say yes. yes. Three got to say yeah. Three of four. Only one can say no for it to make it in. So it is sitting it, on the fence. It, is, it, could, it could still make it in. It could. Yeah. But, yeah. This or is, it could go six of 11 like like uh, like Taxi Driver did. Or it could go four of 11. And I, Adam <laughs> will be like, why the hell did I join like, this group? He might get four no's. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll go four of 11 and then he's done. Yeah, but you never know, and that's 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 the part of and this. This gets four process. four. That would that would tie this with Hook. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah. I like both movies. Yeah. Yep. 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 All righty. So, how about our votes? What are you going to vote? 
I'd vote yes. And, and I would too. I think that's pretty clear. This for me is not a perfect movie. It's not. Uh, that there's there's a couple little things here and there that like I could quibble and quabble about. Mm, sure. But, um, it's not a perfect five out of five. I, but I, it I is agree. it is definitely it is in the high fours for me. It, it's a like it's a solid movie in my opinion. Yeah. And so the, the scoring system we're talking about is like if you look at each of those categories and you were to rate it like. Uh, out of five in each of the acting, directing, casting, all that stuff, and then you average those scores. For me, it's going to average in the four seven four eight range, even without an X factor. Yeah, uh, it 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 would make it in. But that's that's me. And movies are subjective, and people are entitled to their opinions. And you know, your opinion is going to be based on your experience, your background, your taste, and also what you are comparing it to. Correct. Because like for is some, this the best is it the best? Is it the best of its genre? Right? You know. Yeah, but it's a modern gangster movie. You can't just throw it in with Godfather, and that they're, as we said, they're two yeah. different. So, like, is eras. it? So, are you comparing it to other Scorsese films, other '90s gangster films, other mafia films in general, in general, like Ray Liotta films, right. Pesci films? Exactly. Like, so it, it, it all depends. Yeah, you can't compare it to Joe Pesci films uh, because because uh, 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 he uh, plays Joe Pesci in all the films. <laughs> yeah, but you know where he's the lawyer and in the two Utes. You know that film. That's got to be the best Joe Pesci film, because my biological clock is ticking like Utes. this. My cousin Vinny. My Utes. cousin Vinny with the Utes. Did you say Utes? Utes. In any case. All righty. So I'm, I'm also voting yes on the poll. I'm doing that right now as we speak. Uh, on the Facebook poll currently, uh, there's 205 yeses, 18 no's, 15 haven't seen it. And that was uh, referenced by one of the comments. Uh, earlier like how dare, how dare you? you and nine who need to re-watch it so um any final thoughts my friend adam thank you for the gifts that you gave us as well as the nomination it was fun to revisit this film to think about it talk about it learn more about it so that was fun thank you i, I appreciated that as well uh and uh adam keep going even if scorsese doesn't make it this time there will come a time yeah do wolf of wall street next <laughs> yeah or I, The Irishman, which is not a perfect film, but I thought was fun. But Wolf of Wall Street, you can't compare it to other gangster films, because that's not what it is. Alrighty. So as always, I hope everyone's enjoyed tonight's conversation. Uh, Dr. Diamond Doug, where can Videoland find you? You're going to find me square smack dab on Facebook. On the Facebook, and that's where you can find me as well. You can find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com, our, our website, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, video landers. You, you, know. you, 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 you're funny. You're funny, Mac. Wait, wait you, 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 let me understand this because, you, you know, maybe it's me, but I'm funny. I'm funny how? I, I mean, funny like I'm a clown? I amuse you? I make you laugh? No, no, no. I'm here no. to freaking amuse you? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But how about this? We, we love, love you. you.